Happy day after Christmas, everybody. It's kind of a letdown. It is a little bit of a letdown. Well, I don't know. It's like a new beginning. Happy New Year. <laughs> that was a little negative. Yeah. I'm sorry. Happy day after Christmas. Yeah, everyone. happy. Well, it's the worst day, except if you're Canadian, because it's Boxing Day. I don't even know what that is, but it's on the calendar. Always. <laughs> do you know what Boxing Day is? Um, it has to do with something with the boxes at the day after Christmas. Oh, I something? always thought it was fighting. No, you <laughs> did The gloves. What? <laughs> yes, I did. I thought it was like... Boxing Day at the family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. I'm Dave Butler. <laughs> I'm Stefan Tager. This is the Revival Podcast. You probably won't be listening to this the day after Christmas. I don't know. Maybe you're out on a run to escape your <laughs> family <laughs> or just burn off some of that muddy buddies, but, um, and you're listening to it. But we, uh, every week, well, this is kind of funny because every week we take a conference talk and we talk about just the parts in it that we think are reviving, the parts that we feel like enliven the soul and learn how to be a person of faith and have a discussion. And then we were kind of talking that we want to expand this a little bit and take the words of prophets and also the words of scriptures and the words of the great thinkers and learners of all faith traditions yeah. of the world and just invite you to come and sit around this table with us. We're going to pretend it's our kitchen table. <laughs> Steph and I have some of the greatest gospel discussions. It's one of my favorite parts of our friendship together. And we want to kind of invite you into that. So we are going to start, it's an expanded version of what we're doing and taking the words of prophets and like unfolding it more. And we're going to take questions. And I said something on Instagram the other day that we're going to call it a Q&R. I don't know if we'll officially call it that, but yeah. I kind of liked it. I did too. Because did too. An there are answers to some things, but I don't know if like we're necessarily fit or qualified to give the answer. We are not. Um, unanswer, maybe we call it Q and AA <laughs> question and unanswer. Here's uh, that's that's cool. I like that Q and AA. <laughs> uh, so starting next week in the new year, January 2nd, I think is when the, the first Tuesday will be. I can't remember. That's going to be the, the new format and the new thing to look forward to. Questions submitted by you, our friends, and then we're going to we're going to respond to them, give unanswer to some of them. So I'm excited. I am really, really excited. Yeah. I think it's gonna be cool. Genuinely, I'm mostly excited for people to hear your answers. It's <laughs> <laughs> really kind of you, Dave. That's really it's nice. true. It's true. Hey, and good, good, uh, good response to that because we're talking about humility today, and I just praised you, and I like that. Yeah, I like your response. <laughs> we cooked that up. We practiced that. We moment. did not practice that. <laughs> that was all. I want y'all to know that was the all natural, <laughs> Stefan. He really is that humble. So he doesn't even need this talk. By yeah, I listened Coke. to it. I was like, no, good. Check. We I'm good. <laughs> Coke. That's how we had to go look at the beginning of conference, just so you know, when Elder Oaks gave like the preview. What's that? When you conduct, when he yeah. tells everyone who's the batting the, order, the lineup. The best <laughs> conducting voice, by the way, Elder Oaks. Oh, it is you nice. Know, you know? Yeah. Um, we, they had to give him a gavel back, you know, his, from his judge days, you know, just at the end of the, se at the, end of the session. It just feels right. Wouldn't that be great if he's just like, what does the judge say at the end? I don't know. Case closed. <laughs> session closed. Boom. <laughs> Nails the gavel. It'll feel like, it'll be like retro for him, which I like. So, Elder Coke is this talk. And it's, um, I told Stefan I wanted to start <laughs> by him giving me a compliment to see how I would respond, how I would respond to it. But that compliment that I gave when we were talking about the Q&AA that's coming up was genuine. It really was. I I want everyone to know this in the whole wide earth who listens, that this is true. 
I would put Stefan toe-to-toe with anybody on any – he wouldn't want to go toe-to-toe with people. That's like a Canadian boxing day kind of thing. <laughs> but just if there's any questions I ever have or I want to explore a topic, I always – Stefan's my first go-to to talk to. He's super insightful, really knowledgeable, um, and also really humble and, I don't know, learnable, teachable. <laughs> 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 the one the one phrase that was supposed to be smart ended up being so dumb by me, but that's really kind of you. And I caught myself kind of like subtly shaking my head. There's a video while, of that. You guys go watch this. While, on while you were talking, I was like, wait, that <laughs> he's complimenting me and about <laughs> it's I don't listen. I think it's a that, is this humble? He says in here, by the way, we should talk about what it really means. So and in the next paragraph after what it doesn't mean. Sometimes that's the best way to define something is by what it does not mean. Yeah. You think that's true? Yeah. And, uh, but I, I now get to I compliment just, you though. Now I just, see how no, you no, no, we're, it. we're into it. We're into it. We're into compliments and we're into humility. <laughs> you did a good job. You passed the test of what it real, but what it really means. Oh, I was going to say this. I was just telling you, everybody, I was just telling Stefan before we started recording about this, this family that I was with last week. And she talked about one of the spiritual gifts that she has. And the way that she talked about her spiritual gift was impressive and empowering to me to think, oh, because there's part of me in there sewn into my soul that says, you can't say what gifts you have because that's not humble. But then I saw an, an, an example of the opposite of that being displayed where she was just in a humble way. I think because she recognizes it was a gift, yeah. she just said, this is a gift I've been given. And and I think God expects me to use it to, you know, encourage people and, and love other, other people and, and uh, make the world a better place. And I, I just thought it was, I thought it was so sweet. I have a good friend who has more money than Zeus himself. And I loved the way that he talked about his house one time where he's just like, this house was given to me as a gift uh, to be used for people to gather for people, you know, whenever the Lord or his kingdom needs it, it's theirs to use. It was a gift. It was a gift to me. And so even though he worked his tail off in his profession, he still saw it as, uh, what's the word he uses in here? Dependency. Right. I'm dependent. It was a gift from God. So I don't know where I was going with all that, but (laughs) it felt like, oh, defining maybe what humility is. And I think part of it is being able to humbly and sweetly see your circumstances and your gifts as simply that. Yeah. This is a gift. Oh, I love that because sometimes we think uh, humility means obviously like putting myself down. Obviously, it doesn't mean that. We we know that. We talk a lot about that. Humility can't mean be dishonest about one of your strengths. If you're good at something, it's just the honest thing to, you know, acknowledge that and also acknowledge your limitations within that, frame, you know, that gift and in other areas. I have a quote on my wall. It's been, uh, well... It's sort of like actually in a frame. Whoa, I know. We're elevating this quote. <laughs> I was just about to ask how big, like what size font? Like is it, you know, yeah, vinyl letter? It's like a, what level? <laughs> it's, I, I'd probably say it's like 10 or 12 font because it's an entire page of, oh, well, of a, a, from The Great uh, Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Not a, that's not a quote. <laughs> <laughs> a passage. There you go. <laughs> and it's from The Great Divorce. And I heard Chad Webb, the old leader of, well, our old boss, he's still currently the leader of seminaries and institutes. And he read it to us when we first, when I first got hired at this new hire meeting. 
And it's a beautiful quote and it's really long, but there's just one portion I really love where he says, it's this ghost talking to the spirit and they're outside of heaven and you have to understand the book and the context. And he says, you'll get to a point where you can enjoy your own work without pride or modesty as if it was someone else's is mm. basically what he says. Mm. So without pride, meaning like, oh, I'm awesome because I have this gift or I created this thing or without modesty, which is like a fake modesty, I assume is what the quote means is, yeah. oh, I'm not that good. And it's and when actually you have gifts from God and you're humble about them, you just recognize them as gifts from God. And so you can just see them truthfully as gifts from God. And yes, yeah, someone might be good at a particular skill, but they know where it came from and they can mm -hmm. enjoy as if it's mm -hmm. someone else's in a sense, right? Listen, I think if you were to say, we're going to talk about humility today, that would be a, an automatic turnoff to people where they're just like, oh, it, it just feels like not that exciting of a topic. But you, that concept right there actually beautifies mm. <laughs> the concept of, of humility. And I think maybe with that context, we can look at some of the things that Elder Koch teaches. I think he starts off with that introspective question from Alma 5. Could we say, if we were called to die at this time within yourselves, have you been sufficiently humble? I was caught up on the word sufficiently when I re-listened to this this morning, just because I want to say, well, hold on, wait, that sounds like a pass or fail word. Have I been sufficiently humble? Have you done it well enough? I, I don't think we live in a pass or fail system, Yeah, <laughs> you know, with God. But maybe rather what you just described of say that say the phrase again that you can um say the ghost in the spirit. So you can enjoy because, something without pride or okay, modesty. The word yeah. I was looking for was enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to say that word, have you been sufficiently humble, is a good way of saying because he says this is seems like a mandatory requirement. And I want to say, yes, mandatory to enjoy eternal life, to enjoy the kind of life that God lives because i would say he lives in a place of where he enjoys his work he calls it his glory right even without he doesn't and you never sense in scripture uh like an insecurity it, yeah, yeah yeah but there's something about live being in that spot and almost alma's asking the question <laughs> there's a greater way to live that's what he's saying. Yeah. Live in this in the that dance of in between them where you kind of anyways, I, yeah. I love thinking about living in that in a place that allows you to enjoy your work without pride and without modesty as if it were someone else's. That's cool. Like it, I'm drawn to live in that way. Right. And I it, it's interesting because you talk about this do I have sufficient humility? And and for me, directly trying to work on humility is sort of a tricky thing that feels I'm sure on some level it's fine, but it feels a, like it could be off. On another level, asking myself, am I sufficiently humble, is more about a check on sort of an overall way of being in the world. Mm. And if someone were to ask me, like, well, what is humility? I would say the way that you develop humility is you're captured by goodness, by God, by truth, mm. by beauty. You take yourself out of the equation. Everyone knows the President Uchtdorf quote, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. Right. And interestingly enough, uh, when you actually are humble, it has a tremendous influence positively on others and in your relationships. In fact, Elder Koch, he says this, when we choose not to be humble, we end up being humiliated. Um, ironically, one of the quickest ways to lose respect is to try to demand it. 
is mm. to try to earn it. Mm. But instead, when I'm captured by goodness and truth and beauty and God and in others and in the situation I'm in, people are naturally um, want our influence and want to follow people like that. And here's the reason why I think why. is because when I love something for its own sake, people sense that I'm not loving them or a situation to either try to make myself feel better or to get more. And so when people are around others who just naturally love good and good and truth and beauty and God and faith, then they don't feel like defensive or they have to protect themselves emotionally mm. around mm. them. It's just refreshing to be around humans who are like that. Yeah. I think your definition of humility is going to go on my wall in 12-point font. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to frame it yet, but the idea of being captured by something that's good or, or beautiful, just everything around you. You know, we, th we talk about it, you know, that word I stumbled on earlier, just being teachable, um, being ready for experience, whatever they may be, and knowing there's going to be growth, there's going to be light in it, whatever, whatever it is that happens. I feel like the opposite of humility, I want to say pride naturally on a test, but now I want to say it's closed off. But there's something about humility that feels open and ready and willing. And then the opposite of it would be closed and like to push back. Right. And I just, I think that there's something really, I don't know, that picture to me, that word picture of just being, he, he quotes, preach my gospel, a willingness to submit to the will of God and being teachable. It's a vital catalyst, he says, for spiritual growth. Just that, okay, I know and if I'm going to be, I think God is the ultimate collection of everything good and virtuous and lovely in the world. And if I approach him with that, anything you teach me, Lord, I know is going to be, I know it will capture me. Right. I know it will be good. When it says be teachable, it is a vital catalyst for spiritual growth. I think it's important to know that at the heart of humility is the capacity to discern what stuff you should be solid on and what stuff you should be open-minded about and seek for more light and truth and mm. perspectives. Mm. It doesn't mean I have to be wishy-washy on absolutely every single belief I hold, right? right? It is perfectly morally acceptable if you've had lots of experiences with God, if you have reasonable uh, beliefs and you've studied scripture and you're like, yes, I'm solid in my belief in God, right? Right. But it also means that I can be open-minded, like maybe the character of God, my understanding of him can be refined, matured, matured yeah. right? Yeah. So it's that it's that wise balance between I'm solid on the right things and then I'm also, but I'm flexible also on the other things that are necessary. Well, yeah, it makes know? sense because to be teachable means that you're ready to learn something. Right. And to, you know, the, right. I've, I have learned this, I have gained this. It's now something I claim, it's a truth I claim as a gift, I yeah. would say. All learning seems to me to be a a pursuit and a gift right, right. at the same time, yep. which is cool to think about. I love where he goes toward the end of his talk with this idea of being that we greatly depend, mm. that I'm a dependent. I think some a way to live as a humble follower of Christ is to live as, as a dependent. You'll never lose that status on his tax forms. <laughs> you will always. <laughs> if I can live my life as a dependent, yeah. I feel... I don't know. I feel like that is a humble way of of living. I love thinking about every day. I'm a dependent of his benevolence. 
I'm a dependent of the gifts of the atoning sacrifice of, of Jesus Christ. He quotes 2 Levi 25. We, are, we know it, that we're, it's by grace that we're saved after all we can do. Grace isn't offended by effort. It's offended probably by earning. So there's, there's that balance there that says, oh, put effort into your life. Do things. Pursue things. But also you get to live as a beneficiary of the greatest gift in the history of the universe. And that is, that's like fires me up to pursue. It fires me up to live and, and to love in this, in this world, to just have permission and the nudging to go pursue and grow and develop and change with a baseline of you're, you've been gifted and watched over and loved and saved and redeemed. Like the, to live in those two, in the balance yeah. of that feels like what it looks like to live in humility. I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay, now I get to compliment you, Dave. We'll see how you handle it. Okay, this My is your, word. your humility test. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> Other Coke says this, motivational speakers, writers, coaches, and influencers around the world, especially on digital platforms, We'll see that everything depends solely on us and our actions. Uh, we'll say that everything depends solely on us and our actions. The world believes in the arm of flesh. And so I've known you for a long time. And it's interesting because, you know, God has called you to, and this is me speaking, but I feel like the Lord has called you to a sort of an online ministry in a sense. Hmm. And uh, I'm always so thankful and grateful that your ministry points to him and not to yourself. And you're not perfect. I've known you for a long time. <laughs> but, bro, this is a backhanded compliment. Somehow you felt like you had <laughs> But I can say, y'all, to anyone who's listening, David Butler genuinely loves Jesus of Nazareth and genuinely thinks that he's the solution, that the Savior is. And it's not Dave's wisdom or my wisdom or whatever, but that uh, this, Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world. And so thank you, Dave, for pointing us always to him. Well, that's sweet. But what you said earlier about being captured by goodness and beauty, hmm. I just have to say that I feel like that is true for me. I genuine, genuinely am captured by his way of life and the way that he loved and lived. My experiences, feeling that love, and also my expectations that I'll feel it today and tomorrow and throughout the rest of my days that it makes it easy. He makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> to, he makes yeah. it easy to point to point people to him. And I like that Elder Coke goes on to say, this is why we're compelled to bind ourselves mm. to them in covenant relationship. This is why we're compelled to follow their counsel, their advice, their their laws of living, because we're captured by by their way of living. And the impact that it has. I just, my uncle last night, we had our little Christmas party. So if you're listening, you're going to listen to this after Christmas. But <laughs> when we're recording it, we just had my Christmas party. He just, just stood up before our family prayer and just said, I would just invite you to, he just so sweetly and so humbly talked about what it meant to him and how the gifts of his life have just multiplied over time as he's put Jesus of Nazareth at the center of his heart and the center of his pursuits. And, and I just sat there thinking when somebody talks in that way, it made me want to yeah. keep doing that. 
He's one of the smartest, most talented people that I know. But he does it in with an eye single to the glory of God. And I think that's humility. Right. Yeah. Entering into covenants is a way that we show a sign of dependence, but it's also a way we invite their power into our lives. I just think it's interesting that they first invited us into their power. Like we say, like, oh, when I enter into a covenant, it's my way of inviting them. But they initiated the invitation. Yeah. And that's wild to think about, that these beings of such glory and beauty and power and magnificence would not only invite and make relationship with them available, but that they compel and pursue me into relationship with yeah. them. Like what? What? What is that? To, you know? Just, yeah. That it's amazing grace. Like that you know? hum- it's, yeah, yeah. It humbles us. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's that line in Amazing Grace. I stand all amazed, and I was like, "Sir, when you are captured by their <laughs> grace, like yeah. standing, the last thing that you're going to be <laughs> you be doing." Like, I feel yeah. like is it interesting that their love is humbling? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. For some practical advice at the end of this talk, Elder Koch says, what I did, well, he he talks about being on a taxi. And by the way, apparently, if you want more spiritual experiences in your life, this conference taught us there's at least two stories of like amazing (laughs) experiences. (laughs) I know people are like, for the first the first question that we're gonna get next week is be like, how do I have more spiritual experience? And I'm like, take an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> talk to the Uber driver. And he says, after he talk, has this awesome experience, he says, What I did was humble myself before the Lord throughout that one hour flight asking for divine help. I just want to say that you can actually block off time to humble yourself. I know that sounds strange, but you can take time. And to humble yourself, it's, it's really simple. It's to name the attributes and capacities and power of God as specifically and as sincerely as related to a specific situation. And then- to, Meaning what? Help, help, help me. So for example, if I was humbling myself about parenting, which is you know something we all need to do, I would say, Father, Heavenly Father, you're the best father. You know more than I could ever know. Mm. Thou knowest more than in all of the parenting books, all of the advice out there. And, and thank you for right. the inspiration you spilled out through them, right? <laughs> right, and, and and that's fine. And then and then and then also to name your own limitations. And that seems like oh, I'm beating myself up. It's not. It's incredibly relieving to not have to be in control. Uh, it lifts the burden to say, you know what, I'm going to give this to God. And the way you hand it over to God is to humble yourself and say, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not. I'm not good enough for this. And actually, that if it's done in truth. It makes us more solid, not less, hmm. not less. Hugh Nibley has one of my all-time favorite quotes. It's on my Google Doc list of favorite quotes. Not on your wall, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brother Nibley says, because of mine own nothingness, I have nothing to worry about. And because of God's goodness, I have something to cheer about. Oh, amen. And my whole life, all I want to do is not worry and then cheer the goodness of God because he's in control and I am not. Amen, amen. Oh, that is reviving. All right, we will see y'all next week. Happy New Year.